Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Speak Up Please. I'm your host, Martin Lovell, and in this episode I speak with Annie Corson, actress and storyteller, who you might remember from Seinfeld. This is her story. Enjoy. My husband and I came to Australia to Sydney. I performed in Sydney many years ago, and I, we loved it. We loved mm. Sydney. We didn't see, unfortunately, we didn't see anything more than Sydney, but we thought it was a fabulous city. And they had a wonderful museum there, and I was very taken with the Aboriginal art in that mm. museum. A couple of years later, my son decided to do one of those gene tests. You know, he sent it to, I think it was the University of Cambridge in England. He said, I would like to know the information about my mother's line. Or, I don't know if you know this expression here, Ashkenazi. Jews, meaning mm -hmm. Eastern European Jews. Okay. My mother and father both came from Poland and Russia and before them many generations. That's all I know about my background is that originally my parents came from that part of the world. The results came back, genealogy test, and they said to my son, on your mother's line, you really don't find the, the only exact match we find is with Australian Aborigines. Really? <laughs> And I thought, John, I'll get your money back. You just paid 250 euros. That makes no sense. No. But then I mentioned it to a friend, and he said that it does make sense because the whole world began with Australian Aborigines. Mm -hmm. That is the origin of the human race. Wow. Because yeah. because at that time, Australia was not an island. It was connected to the rest of the world, mm. and people came from there and moved. So anyway, <laughs> we just always laugh about it that I am Aboriginal. Wow. Small world. <laughs> Huh? Well, tell me why you asked me, why you invited me. Obviously, you must have seen something on TikTok. I'm quite weird with faces. Like, I remember faces more than I remember names. So, I was in the entertainment industry or something like that. And I'll remember that face for quite a long time. So, I saw your face. Wow. I didn't recognize your name at the start when I saw that you were on Seinfeld. So, that's where the connection yeah. came from. And I love Seinfeld, but I just didn't know what that connection was until I remembered, oh, Annie played a character huh. in Seinfeld. So. I actually played two. Yeah, Doris Klump is by the way, we pronounce it Seinfeld. I did a couple of episodes down as as Doris Compass down in the Florida condo, where Jack Compass is, uh, my husband is always fighting with Jerry's father. That's right. And the raincoat, he varies the cat. But then they brought me back because really my role was very small. So they brought me back to play a second role. Mm -hmm. So I'm an obnoxious airline passenger when Elaine is stuck. Elaine is stuck in, uh, <laughs> in tourists while Jerry gets an upgrade. So I actually, I don't think there are too many actors who did two different roles on Seinfeld, but I was fortunate enough to be yeah. one of them. That's great. And uh, and when I first started TikTok, when I first started doing TikTok, I thought that it was my Seinfeld connection that would bring me a lot of viewers. I was very surprised. Mm. That turned out not to be the case. Yeah. I mean, there were some, and I talk about some of the characters there. I have, I think I put, I think I do a few TikToks about Seinfeld. Mm. But what's been amazing to me is that I have this huge global audience that just seems to be interested in me and what I have to say about the world as I see it. Of course. So that's been very uh, gratifying. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why I followed you because you have such a, not just a character, it's who you are and that's how you talk. You're very open about things and you, I don't think you hide about who you are. You know, you're not that type of person to just, you don't put on a character. I've been told the word people use about me is authentic. I'm very honest about who I am. Mm -hmm. But when it was first suggested to me that I do TikTok, I thought the person was crazy because when I think of TikTok, I mean, I think of young girls doing dance moves and... Mm -hmm. 
putting on makeup and I'm only, I'm more interested in ideas, interested in observing the world. I thought TikTok was not the place. And also I'm old. <laughs> I am so old. You're not I'm that 80. old. Oh yes, I bet I'm the oldest person you know. I'm 82. <laughs> Who do you know I, who's older than I am? Well, that's the thing. When I saw, I did some Googling and I thought it said on the thing that you were 81. I was like, that can't be right. You're not 81. <laughs> Oh, you're right. It's not right. I'm 82. I guess we could say now 82 is the new 45. <laughs> of course. It's not about what you look like. It's about how you feel, isn't it? So I'm just curious of the TikToks. Do you remember any of the TikToks that you watched of mine that were particularly meaningful to you? Your grandson. Oh, right. Yeah. My son got married late in life. And when he was, he and his wife were 45, they decided to adopt a child. I wasn't, I wasn't all that enthusiastic. I thought it would be hard and it was late for them in their life and they got him the day he was born and i am aware i mean the, the point of my tiktok is i'm aware when i walk with my grandchild in the street people look at us not necessarily in an evil way they're no. just curious we don't look like we belong together mm. and my point of that is we very much belong together of course he your, and i your are family. very close mm. and we're fa yes and mm. we're family and it's not it's not blood that necessarily makes family mm. he and i we both like music we both have the same sense of humor we're we're soulmates of course uh so that uh when i see people looking at us i kind of want to say to them don't worry everything's fine you know mm -hmm. we, we <laughs> <laughs> it's all good <laughs> we're a good match of course. but i kind of thought that you were interested in me because i thought isn't this by the way i know nothing about podcast since i started doing tiktok i've been a guest on several okay but i don't <laughs> myself i don't do them mm. i've been told i should it sounds like too much work <laughs> I don't listen to them. So this is kind of a new world to me. But I thought that your particular podcast was more focused on being gay. Mm. Is that not true? For me, it's actually because I am queer and I'm gay. Hence my jumper, my rainbow. I like that. Yeah. That's cool. That's Thank a you. Nice, I like that. Thank you. Yeah. It's an Australian brand, which is great. So ideally, why I started the podcast was because I felt like there was a gap, I guess, in that field. You know, there, there aren't that many queer related podcasts. There might be a few now, but there wasn't when I first started listening to podcasts. When did you start? Only last year, so it hasn't been that long. Good, good for you. Good yeah, for you. Thank so you. you're building an audience. That's great. I think so. I mean, it's very small and it started with an idea that we can create conversation and change amongst the community. I'm going to tell you something that relates to that. It's very interesting that you talk about, about body image and how you think of yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the odd things on TikTok is that uh, people keep telling me that I'm beautiful. And I have to tell you, I have never heard that in my life. Really? And it's not something I've heard in my life. Mm -hmm. And right now, if a casting call would go on, go out right now mm -hmm. for um, older, attractive woman, I would not be seen because in this country, I'm considered, they kind of have a euphemism for it. Mm -hmm. I would be considered too, and your quote marks here, too ethnic mm -hmm. to be attractive. What they really mean is I'm too Jewish looking. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been a problem for me all of my career. Career. There are a lot of roles I won't get because people think I'm too, again, mm -hmm. quote, ethnic looking. So it's been a great revelation to me that all of a sudden I've got this new global audience who are younger, much younger than I, and they see me as beautiful. So because of that, I'm starting to change how I see myself <laughs> because I'm thinking, well, all those people can't be wrong, right? 
<laughs> of course they not. must get yeah. something that I'm not seeing. So, hmm. so in other words, when you talk about body image, I have had an image of myself. You know, when you're a woman, you know your whole life whether you're a pretty girl or not a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. I've always known that I was not a pretty girl. And now suddenly I am rethinking that. Mm-hmm. At my age, yeah. at 82, I'm thinking maybe I am a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have a husband who's always thought I was pretty, but he's not American and that's <laughs> that's different. He's a Dane. And so his mm-hmm. view, he couldn't care less about blue-eyed blondes because mm-hmm. that's what he grew up with. To him, that's boring. <laughs> sure. In this country, in America, being a blue-eyed blonde, that's the icon of female beauty. Mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe. Row, mm-hmm. you know or whoever name any movie star yeah uh typical so when you say that you're changing your idea about yourself and your body image mm-hmm. i'm i'm all for that you got to yeah. see the world you got to see yourself the way the people who love you see you mm-hmm. am i wise or not do you think i'm the wisest person you ever met <laughs> you're very wise and you should feel pretty you should feel beautiful did you think when you were younger especially because you weren't getting those roles being maybe 40 45 50 did you feel that way then than you do now? You didn't get a certain role because you looked a certain way. Is that how it was back then? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it was true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know this business they, that, that that I am not what Hollywood considers attractive. It's something I have lived with and I, and, and I think it affects you. Um, as a woman, I see women who are, who have known from birth that they were beautiful have a different way of dealing with the world mm-hmm. than I do. Mm-hmm. I knew I had a be smart i knew i had to be funny i knew i had maybe maybe i'm lucky Mm -hmm. because i developed my personality and now i'm benefiting (laughs) from that and those pretty girls are just boring old ladies you know (laughs) (laughs) well that's the thing would you rather be pretty or smart What made you want to become a storyteller? You know, in your TikToks, you talk about things that have happened, people that you met. I've always been a storyteller. I mean, I, I am an actress, which means I get hired to speak other people's lines. But I have a separate life where I perform in storytelling shows. I don't know if you have that in Australia. I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. There, there are spoken word shows where you go, you stand up, and you tell a personal story. Mm-hmm. I even teach that. I teach storytelling. I like speaking my own words because I, how shall I say it? Mm-hmm. I think I have something to say and I want to share it and I want to share it with as large an audience as possible. Now I've done solo shows and I've done different kinds of speaking engagements. As a matter of fact, that's why I came to Australia originally. I was performing. Mm-hmm. I had a speaking engagement for a huge a Jewish charity there. They brought me over oh, okay. to Sydney to perform for them. It was called uh, Jewish Communal Appeal. And so I've always wanted to share my thoughts, but I never knew how to find an audience. But the last show I did was here in L.A. in a tiny theater. If we had 80 people in the audience, mm-hmm. I would be excited. I would say, oh, my God, we're sold out. We're sold out. <laughs> now, if I do a story on TikTok and it only has 20,000 Jews, I said, oh, that only got 20,000. I must be slipping. <laughs> so my my standards have changed somewhat. Mm. But uh, I love the idea of having a, a large audience. I just yeah. think I have something to say. I see. I think I see the world in, how shall I say, in an unconventional way. And I would like to share that, those yeah. thoughts. And, and so you should. Everyone's welcome to their own opinions. And uh, if you've got something to say, then, you know, go ahead. So you spoke about your partner, Benny. Where did you guys meet and how long have you been together? Well, 
Well, it's funny. It's odd that you should ask that because mm-hmm. it went like this. We met on what we used to call a blind date. Do yeah. they do they still have a? Do you know what that is? I know what that generation, is. Your generation doesn't do that because now you do online dating. But mm-hmm. we used to do something called a blind date. We had a mutual friend who gave him my number. All right, here's how it went. We met in February and we got married in April. A few months later, he needed his green card. Mm-hmm. He needed his permission to stay in the states. And if we were married, he'd be able to stay. <laughs> so all my friends told me that I was crazy. They said, you're married a total stranger. And when he gets his papers, he'll leave. You'll never see him again. Mm. And I said, no, I think this feels real. I think we're a good match. Mm-hmm. And that was how many? Oh, he lived. That was 53 years ago. Wow. That's a long time. So we, we got married as strangers and we're still together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do feel my friends were right that, I, that it was a big mistake. <laughs> Because he drives me crazy, mm. but that was my, that was my, it was a very brief courtship. Wow. <laughs> there must have been something there because you're still together. Do you have, I guess, any words of advice for people who maybe are struggling in their relationship? Obviously, we're in COVID situation right now. Yeah. Relationships are tense. Being... You know, it's always hard. It's always looking for somebody. I think the mistake people make is they, you know, when they go on these dating things, these apps, I don't, I forget what they're called, mm. uh, but where they tell the world what they are what they like i like jazz i like theater i like swimming i like blah 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 blah. i think the mistake there is the assumption is that they're looking for somebody like them my husband is nothing like me we don't like a lot of the same things we don't like the same foods we don't like the same tv shows i mean in other words i think people young people how old are you i'm 30 you're 30 well i think that people your age think that you have to find a clone a mirror image image Mm. and that's not really what's true what i think you need is someone no matter what their likes or interests are you need someone who cares about you and what you do my husband is more interested in my career than i am i know very few women who can say that Mm. most of the women i know it's all about the husband about his work his job his career so Mm. i consider myself very fortunate since i am ambitious that Mm. i'm sharing my life with someone who's totally invested in what I do. I think that's kind of what you need to look for more than someone who's exactly like you in every way. I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, of course. And I don't think you would want someone who's almost exactly like you. You don't want someone liking all the same things as you. You want someone who's going to complete you. If they can't recognize their own faults, um, what are you going to do? And then Mm. I also think, and this is really hard for me to say because it's not a world I've been in. Mm. I think that, but I'm going to say something that you may not agree. I think people your age and younger are people around your age I think you have sex too soon I think having sex right away is generally is necessarily going to lead to a long-term relationship mm. and I'm not saying you have to wait forever but I mm. think maybe maybe it, it's a good idea to spend a little time getting to know someone and I think you know being that I'm a 30 now my best friend she just got engaged recently but she was with her partner for a few years and that's the first girl in my group of friends who's actually gotten engaged and you know to was married. Is she gay or is she straight? Uh, no, she's straight. So most of my friends are straight. So that's my friendship group.
group. But yeah. a few years ago, we had a thing called the plebiscite, which was a same-sex marriage debate, which is really, it was really oh. harsh and brutal for the queer community in Australia. Wow. And I'm not sure quite how to describe it. So it was like, essentially, the Prime Minister of Australia at that time made a decision stating that you could either vote for same-sex marriage, so men and men could get married or women and women can get married, um, mm-hmm. or you can vote no. So there was quite a debate around that. Mm-hmm. So it was the same-sex marriage debate. And in turn, I've been single for quite some time and I don't see myself being in a relationship anytime soon. But that really kind of, it took a beating to my self-confidence. You, you know? mean, you were shocked that there was, so, that why would there be actually any controversy about mm-hmm. it? Why would it just be accepted? I'm with you, but you know, I'm with you. But on the other hand, you just have to give people time to change. You have to give people time to mm-hmm. develop. Yeah. And they are. Mm. I mean, don't you see signs that they are? Mm. I mean, here I have gay friends here who are parents who adopted yeah. kids, and mm. the and the and the uh, who was I talking to? Now? I can't remember. It was two gay guys, and they had a son, and the son is definitely straight. Uh, mm. I mean, they can just tell. I you know, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting, <laughs> I'm forgetting the details, but I know families here with yeah. gay parents. It's just becoming more and more, and the more it happens, the more it will happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm. It just keeps growing and so have you experienced much in terms of the gay community you spoke about tennessee williams which was one of your things on tiktok well, I have, you know <laughs> when you're in showbiz it's mm-hmm. it's very hard to find an actress who has not always had gay friends it's just part of the community mm-hmm. so that's always been a part of my life and uh but what's interesting that it was interesting is even though i consider myself very open and accepting and tolerant and all of those good things i still catch myself sometimes with my grandson, son, reverting to old ways of looking at things. Hey, this is funny. Him and his mom, my daughter-in-law. And he looked around and looked around and he picked up a silver tiara. A lot of parents now have changed the way they present sexuality to their kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm still very old school. I'm not used to that. So I was in a toy store with my grandson and he she put on, or maybe it was pink or lilac with rhinestones or something, something that I would call very girly. And so I said to him, you know, Max, well, I'm not sure that's for you. I think that that's kind of more for boys. And his mother signaled to me not to say that because they don't treat him that way. Mm. If he wants to dye his hair blue, if he wants to go as uh, last Halloween, he went as Billie Eilish. I mean, if he wants to wear a necklace or something, they just let him do it. They mm. don't say this is for boys and this is for girls. And so I have to kind of adjust to that. I've got to get, I'm not used to that. Mm. And so how do you feel? You said something the other day about clothing labels and you know being branded by designer brands and that kind of thing which I saw the other day does that coincide with labeling people as well you know maybe not the designer brands as such I never but... thought of it that way I never thought of it that way but mm. I guess you're right I don't like labels of any kind mm. and when it comes to clothing I don't like women who will go out and spend a, a big bunch of money on a bag that screams the the maker on it. I think it's, how shall I say? I think when you wear clothing, it should express you. Mm. You know, if pink is your color. You, I think you have to look, think you look great in that pink yeah, um, sweatshirt that you're wearing. But to wear something that says Chanel or Louis Vuitton or mm. whatever, mm. all it's doing is telling the world that you have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's all it's doing. Mm. There's nothing intrinsically beautiful about it. Mm. And I think we should try and wear things that make us look beautiful you know and i noticed it 
As a matter of fact, you've given me an idea. I have to make a note. I want to do a TikTok about this. I noticed at the opening of the Olympics, uh, I don't, I'm not interested in sports. I don't watch the Olympics. <laughs> but I always watch the opening parade of the countries because I like to see how people present themselves. Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting to me how the industrial countries you know, uh, the white, the rich white countries. It was one ugly outfit after another. They were boring. They were colorless. They were drab. They were so uninteresting. Yeah. When the African came, when the Asian countries came, when the South American countries came, there was color. There was art. There was jewelry. It just seemed to me to to uh, express so much more pride mm. because they were wearing tribe. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? There yeah. was just such a difference to me. Like representing they who they are and their culture and yeah their yeah that their clothing I, somebody told me i sometimes wear zulu jewelry because mm -hmm. i like it but one of my fans on tiktok told me that the zulu, zulu jewelry it all has meanings mm -hmm. the colors have represent certain things they're symbolic of things that have meaning when you wear a you know when you go and buy some expensive i don't know mm -hmm. what some sneaker i don't know what is it that people wear in australia <laughs> that's that they want to show off. The most expensive thing will be Chanel at the moment. Here's something that says Chanel on it. Mm. It's not representing it. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm about to do a, a YouTube thing on this. Coco Chanel was a vicious anti-Semite, a vicious homophobic, and she was a Nazi collaborator. She lived at the Hotel Ritz in Paris during the Second World War, and she was allowed to be there by her, her Nazi boyfriend who installed her there. Why would I wear anything? from that label. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, how shall I say, you have to research the meanings of things. So, uh, I think we've covered a lot of stuff. I think we I have too. Is there anything more? Unless if there's anything else that you'd like to add or say to the conversation. No, I hope I can get back to Australia one day. I really yeah, love I, I hope you can come too and hopefully I can meet you. Well, Mark, it was nice talking to you. All right, thank you so much, Annie. I really enjoyed our chat. Okay, bye right. now. Take care. Bye. So that was my interview with Annie Corzen, the TikTok queen herself. Annie, if you're listening, Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our chat and I really appreciate your time. While you're there, you can follow her at Aquazen on TikTok. She's amazing. She does great stories. So go say hi if you're from this podcast. While you're there, you can follow me at Speak Up Please Podcast on Instagram. I would love to know your thoughts and your feedback. Please send me a comment. Send me a direct message. Give me a follow. Any constructive feedback is welcome. Please review this podcast when possible, where possible. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Every like, share, comment, review helps. So please get on top of that please review this podcast it would help me out a lot thank you so much for listening take care bye <laughs>